Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. We've got a, I think it's a fun topic to talk about today, so. I think it's a really fun topic. I like this topic. (laughs) If you don't like it, you're probably pretty boring, so. (laughs) Sorry, guys. (laughs) Um, So we're going to start with our icebreaker that does have to do with our theme of just being an interested person today. So Jordan, what have you been doing with your hands lately? So, um, let's see. I do, um, I set up at a couple of craft fairs every year in the fall with my sister-in-law. So I've been making stuff for that. Um, I do like some, I like doing hand lettering, like painting on windows and signs and different stuff. And, but my favorite thing that I've been doing lately is probably, um, I may be spoiling the surprise for Christmas gifts, Uh (laughs) if anyone listens to this, (laughs) but that's okay. Um, I've been making little, um, embroidered things for all the women in my family. Oh, cool. I've been, um, this is my first year ever doing any embroidery. Um, and I love it. I love just it, it's a very relaxing hobby for me um, mm-hmm. I because I do it just like during evenings, like if Jared's reading to the kids or if we're watching a TV show as a family or something. Um, I like having something to do with my hands while we're doing that. So that's like the perfect little hobby for that time. Um, but I'm, I look up like different pictures on Pinterest that I like and then I'll just like sketch them out on the fabric and then I'm leaving them in the hoops I don't know if you've seen the I'm sure you've seen these but it's like an embroidery picture but then you like leave it in the wooden hoop and you hang it on the wall oh yeah yeah yep yeah so I'm making those little things for um all the ladies in my family for Christmas um and someone also- asked me recently about embroidery like how, how did I learn to do it and I feel like it's of, at least of all the things that I've tried to learn, I feel like it's one of the most intuitive things Yeah, to do. Like you can look at it and figure out how to do it. If that yeah. Makes sense. If you know how to like do any kind of basic stitches with a needle yes. or thread, you can pretty much figure it out. Um, but there are like some cool knots and things you can learn how to yep. do. Um, there's little tutorials and like step-by-step guides for doing like some fun. And there, there's like another way of embroidery. It's called something else, like something knotting. I don't remember. Is it the one with the pen? I don't know, but there's like a, I know there's like a different variation of embroidery that's like thicker looking that I wouldn't mind learning how to do. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Uh, Yeah. Like they use it on pillows a lot. Yeah. I can't remember what it's I think it's more expensive because I remember looking into it and I remember thinking, oh, that's just so expensive. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I also like, I feel like every craft that I have had in my life has started out with like something I had already. And I was like, Mm. oh, I could do this with that. Um there's rarely a time that I like go out and just like buy everything to start a new craft. Um, just because finances have not allowed that in my life previously, but, um, I've been dipped. I also dip dyed a bunch of flannels, um, for that craft fair. And that was really fun and cute and kind of trendy right now. So that's been fun. You literally like dip a flannel in bleach and it just like, you leave it soak there and the bleach like sucks up into the cotton of the flannel. So it gets like this fun, like ombre ish flannel. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. Really easy and a fun little craft. Um, and I also, <laughs> sorry, I could talk a long time about like things to do <laughs> with your hands because I really like it. 
Um, I also have been exploring more um, upholstery, like recovering things. Oh, yes. So oh, I've my gosh. Found, <laughs> I found different like rocking chairs and things. This all started because whenever Ran- when I was pregnant with Ransom, I wanted to get a rocking chair for his nursery. And I had one that I had gotten at a Salvation Army for like $7 when I was 18 and like first moving out of the house. Oh, cool. And it, it had just like um, that, I don't know what you even call that type of fabric. It's kind of like fuzzy looking and it was floral. Hmm. I don't know, like very 70s. Like velvet? Maybe velvet. I don't know okay. if it was like a weird texture, um, but it had like worn okay. spots on the arms. So it needed to be recovered. So I thought, well, I'll just try it. That's like a weird thing with me. I crafts rarely intimidate me and it like drives my mom nuts. I'm always <laughs> like, Hey, could you help me? I think I'm going to like recover this chair. And she's like, how do you know how to do that? I was like, I just feel like I can like staple gun. I don't know. <laughs> and it drives me up because Ransom totally has picked up this uh, character trait because he'll be like, Hey, can we make whatever? And I'll be like, how are you going to do it? And he's like, cardboard and tape. The answer is the answer for him is always cardboard and tape. That's my boys too. Cardboard and and it's like, uh, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. He's like, the other day he wanted to make a crane, like a little mechanical crane situation. Yeah. Like, okay, how are you going to do that? Cardboard and tape. So I, all day long, I was like putting it off. And then finally we went downstairs and I was like, okay, well you tell me exactly what you want me to do and I'll do it with this, with the big scissors to cut the cardboard. And he had a pretty great idea. It ended up looking like a crane. I literally just like step by step did what he told me to do. It cracked me up. But, um, but anyways, yeah, it all started with that rocker whenever he was um, in my belly and I uh, recovered it and it wasn't too bad. You basically oh, cool. measure out, you know, your pieces and yeah. cover for it and a lot of staple gunning. <laughs> so I've been doing That's that. awesome. We have a, we have a vintage uh, floral couch. I don't know if you've seen it before, I but I've seen it. I love it. It's so comfortable, but it is starting to get worn and I yeah. need to reupholster it. So that's something in the springtime. I'm like, cause my mom said, it's really easy and it's such a comfortable couch. You're not going to find one made like this. Just yeah. recover it. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. It's <laughs> so true. I need to do it. And a lot of the older chairs that I buy are a really good height. Like it seems like a lot mm-hmm. of furniture today are like so tall and deep and I'm so short that yeah. it's just like, oh. I feel like my legs are like just poking straight out. <laughs> um, so I like a lot of the old chairs and you literally can get them for like five and $6 at Goodwill. Yep. Armies. And then with like 15, 20 bucks worth of fabric, you can have a really cool looking new chair. I mm-hmm. so wish that this podcast had video because I would like to show everyone my chair. <laughs> but I've done I have four... a chair that's been – go ahead. I was going to say I've done four chairs at this point, and um, I pretty much like all of them. I sold one at that craft fair, actually. And oh, that's cool. Really that's, well, that's legit then if you yeah. sold it someone else. <laughs> yeah, someone bought it. Um, so it's been fun. I covered – the worst job that I've done, I covered one with like – well, I wanted it to look like a leather chair, but I couldn't afford to buy like a bunch of real mm-hmm. leather to cover the chair. So I bought like the kind of looks like leather at Hobby Lobby and it was just really hard to work with because it's so thick oh. and unforgiving. And yeah, I mean, we, we use it. We have it in our living room, but it's, it's not the best job that I've done. If anyone out okay. there is thinking about recovering a chair, I would recommend a fabric that has just the tiniest bit of flexibility to it so that mm. you can like pull and get it really tight without okay. killing yourself. So. 
Huh. So I think that's all of the crafty things I should talk about for the moment. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. I think you're probably more of a natural crafter than me. I come um, from because, a very crafty family. Okay. That's probably part of, part of it. I don't feel like I, yeah, I have to buy everything because I need the financial like kit. Yeah. reason to mm-hmm. do it, if that makes sense. Because I feel yeah. like, okay, I bought it. Now I have to do it. And An so far it's always worked. <laughs> An investment into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. my dad growing up, um, well, he built our house and he, and then they retired and he built another house and then he helped him, my dad, my uncle and Jared all built our house. Um, so my dad is a very, like, can look at something and figure out how it mm-hmm. works and then like make it type person. Yeah. Um, yep. And my brother is the same way. My mom um, always had a craft project going on. She like weaves baskets and sews, and we're just oh, a I very do basket weaving. Oh, it, that is a little bit of an expensive hobby. The price has gone <laughs> up on reed over the past ten years. Oh, um, but I I have tried it with like willow, like just cutting willow huh. branches and yeah. soak them in water. So that's kind of a fun way to get started if you don't want to make a financial commitment. Um, but yeah, my family has always just been a very like, that's the way that we have spent weekends yeah. and like bonding time. Yeah. It's like, let's make something together or like you get a yeah. cool idea for something and let's make it. Um, so yeah, I, it like thrills me to think about working with your hands and making something. And so, yeah. 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 What we definitely you? moved towards that in the last few years, mostly because I just uh, kind of realized when I had Daphne that I had no skills, <laughs> no real skills. <laughs> Brian's always been really good at figuring stuff out. I think he's kind of the one that propelled us towards this anyways. But um, he, well, he didn't build our house, but he did most of the finishing work on our yeah. house. So yeah. Um, Which is the hardest work. <laughs> well, yeah. not the hardest, oh my gosh. but the most tedious, like the, the slowest so is the inside. Tedious. Yes. So, yeah. so tedious. We still aren't so. done with the inside. Like there's still so many things that whenever <laughs> we were building, we were like, we should do like the faux beams in the ceiling. Like, oh, those, yeah. Once you get to the end, it's like, I just want to be in my house. <laughs> yeah. I just want to live here. <sighs> yeah. Yep. Brian so was even you- finished doing the stair rail last night. I was like, nope. Well, I mean, we've only, you guys have been in your house how many years now? It was two years in February, so okay, so not that long. Three, yeah, mm-hmm. we've yeah. been here three months, so there's still yeah. a large portion of it that's like, oh, I wish that was done. But I think people yeah. assume when you have a new house that it's going to be perfect the second you walk in. But yeah. it's already filthy the second you walk in because there's been construction workers everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and drywall so, dust everywhere. Yep. And you guys are doing the sealed concrete, or didn't you do sealed? Yeah, concrete? we did downstairs. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. We did that in our basement for a while. We just had the sealed concrete, which I kind of like the look of, but it does, it's like hard to get it all, all the drywall dust off of it. One, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was hard for you guys, but I felt like our basement, I had to mop it like multiple times to get all the drywall dust off. I feel like it's just, I'm not sure what I think about it yet. People keep asking me. Um, I feel like it's hard for me to tell when it's actually clean. Like what is a natural concrete stain and then what is like pasta sauce right. even if I mop it I don't know I can't tell it's just kind of weird so yeah yeah did you stain yours or is it just sealed or or anything I don't at think this it's point stained at all okay. no yeah. it is sealed yeah um but I'm pretty sure we didn't stain it no yeah I was over at a friend's house last night and she actually stamped her own concrete like dyed oh, and yeah. stamped her own yeah. concrete her and her husband mm-hmm. and it looks really cool it looks like stones kind of Oh, that's cool. That's really neat. That would be a cool thing to learn how to do. 
yeah some <laughs> make a sidewalk next summer <laughs> <laughs> that's um, my problem aside, of like i could do i could probably do that i'll just stamp some concrete <laughs> yeah that's that's how i am and i get yeah. busy and i'm like uh it's fun though it's fun to yeah. learn new things <laughs> yeah. okay so what are you working on I am what have you been trying to on? finish a baby blanket. <laughs> yeah. You got a short amount of time until that baby is here. <laughs> I, know. I know. Yeah. So I um, am crocheting a 100% wool blanket. I just really, oh this is our first winter baby and I wanted yeah. a 100% wool blanket. So mm-hmm. it's just taking a long time. Yeah. And because it's my first, I've done other crochet projects, but it's my first um, blanket pattern. I'm pretty sad but you can only see the pattern starting halfway through the blanket. And I don't know why at this point. And I also don't care at this point yeah. because it's kind of one of those things that I'm like, you know what I need, like, it sounds so dumb, but spiritually I need to finish it and not be perfectionist about it and just yeah. be done. That's what my, that's what my first like large size quilt. I just, I knew there were imperfections, but I needed to be done with it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm working this. on that. Yeah. And then I had a friend, um, I think this was my fourth time trying to learn how to knit and she came, um, we host, okay, this is getting into a little bit of a tangent. We don't have specific men's and women's ministry. We have hangouts that, um, anyone in the church can like, it's not, uh, they can ask to host a hangout. And so I hostess a monthly handicrafts hangout at our house. So, uh, two months ago, I think it was one of my friends offered to teach anyone who didn't have a handicraft skill to learn how to knit. So I have been pining to learn how to knit for years and years, and I've just never been able to stick it out. Mm-hmm. So she came and taught us how to do little baby hats. Oh my And goodness. it was so fun. So I made Cyril a little baby hat and now I'm working on one for Ira. Um, I just like two days ago, got all that stuff and he helped me pick the yarn for it. So that's what that's the other little project that I'm going to be working on the next mm-hmm. few weeks and just furiously trying to finish some pillowcases. New pillowcases is like a love language for my boys for some mm-hmm. reason. I don't know. I don't get Mine it. But- too. They love them. <laughs> and I let them pick out the fabric and it makes them so happy. Yeah. That's what we did. We went mm-hmm. to Joanne's and so I have to kind of direct the theme a little bit, mm-hmm. tiny bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So I, those are really easy to throw together in like yeah. an hour or less. So I'm going to, mm-hmm. um, probably hopefully get to those in the next few weeks before the baby's here, but we'll see. So that's kind of it. I'm kind of pulled back in my projects right now because yeah. I'm processing a person in my womb. Yeah, that's what I was going <laughs> to say. Your craft right now is cooking a baby up in your belly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do want to share just the verse that is kind of like directing this entire conversation, if you will. Um, it's from Proverbs 25, 2. Um, And it says, it is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings is to search things out. Um, So I think both Jordan and I just have a very high view of what I would consider continuing education as an adult, um, be it handicrafts or be it um, reading or be it taking classes somewhere. We just, um, we feel like God is the sort of God that has created the world full of glories and interesting Mm -hmm. facts and part of our um, human (laughs) calling in being culture makers is finding those interesting things out because of what they say about God, Mm -hmm. not even just for their own sake, 
but, um, and also just being the type of person that's willing to go through the learning process over and over and over again, because I think that's the most intimidating part to people is the part where you have to be really bad at something yes. for a while before you can be good yes. at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, so that's, well, in- um, I will insert here the amount of sourdough loaves that I threw away before <laughs> before I actually got a single loaf that worked. And it was literally months of making sourdough bread before I ever got one that was fit to eat. I threw away many like bricks of sourdough trying to troubleshoot it and figure it out. But um, in that, it's like there's so, there's so much to learn just in yeah. being bad at something for a while. And it's just, it's good for your humility <laughs> because you're like, yes, oh, yeah. I'm really terrible at this right now, but it's also good for your perseverance. Like, but I want to learn how to make sourdough bread. Like this is important to me. I see value in it and I want to comp- accomplish this goal that I have and I'm going to learn and I'm going to read and I'm going to ask questions and I'm going to try again. And, um, I think that instills good disciplines in us personally. And then also if you have little kids, like letting them in that, Mm -hmm. let them, letting them in that mess and letting them see, um, that, well, we, in our family, we say sparks don't give up. So letting them see sparks don't give up. Um, and we also have a sparks don't throw fits. So, um, (laughs) also being a good example of, I'm not going to throw a fit when I throw away yet another loaf of bread that is terrible. And I feel like I'm wasting time. I feel like I'm wasting money. Um, but I, I wrote a poem recently. Um, and it just talks about like how you can't always see the fruit that's growing. Like Uh so many times you're doing the stuff. And if onlookers were just watching you, they'd be like, you're wasting time. (laughs) What are you doing? Like Uh they would dare to say that, um, that this is of no value. But mm-hmm. like whenever we have an eternal perspective on what we're doing, yeah. then we can see small acts like learning how to make sourdough and we can think about, wow, wouldn't it be amazing if this was, became like a hundred year old sourdough strand that I gave to yes. my granddaughter one day? <laughs> like, wouldn't that be amazing if this got passed down to future generations with my, um, with my recipe here? And like, just, yeah. just seeing like an eternal perspective like that this is one sanctifying me and then also mm-hmm. like thinking about future generations and how this could possibly be a blessing to um mm-hmm. people in my family down the line or or people around me um and just seeing it as this is more than just flour and water and yeah over and over again flour and water i think the same sort of virtues that at least this is part of what ke- keeps me going when i really am sucking at projects the same virtues required for the perseverance of learning a new skill or diving into a new subject um, is the same sort of perseverance you need when working in ministry and hard relationships. Yes. And like we want our kids because of the way we do view the cultural mandate. um, We want our kids to be able to build things, even if it's hard and messy to do. Mm -hmm. And what that starting out has to look like letting your little boys build helicopters or cranes with <laughs> more tape cardboard and cardboard. Tape. <laughs> yes. They got to figure it out. They've got to learn to troubleshoot. They've got to learn to use wisdom. They need to use their thinking caps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's like a big reason, at least in our home as to why we are okay with spending time, energy and mess and money on projects if they're not always efficient because yeah. people are not efficient. Yeah. Yeah. I think to um something just to be aware of like that's a very 
the whole desire to be efficient humans is a very modern godless view of Mm -hmm. um, the image of God in people. And so if you are operating and making decisions in your life, almost always purely based on pragmatism, that's um, not actually a scriptural way to go about living. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So just be aware of that. Like when you're, um, you're thinking about like, do I want to spend the money or do I want to spend the time and energy? The first question you should not be asking is, well, is it practical? Because the answer is almost always, it's not practical. Yeah. Yeah. And I have also found in my life that whenever I'm trying to do things just the quickest way possible is usually when I'm the most stressed out also. It's true. Like you think that you're going to be saving this time and, and (laughs) you're going to like have more peace for some reason. But when I'm just trying to like get the job done as quick as possible, guess what? Mm -hmm. It takes the longest because there's always something that comes Mm -hmm. up and my attitude gets in the way because this is a roadblock for me that I didn't want to happen there. And then I end up sinning in, in, in my response to what's happening. But like, if you're just viewing life overall as all, um, I love how you say your curriculum for sanctification, like, um, if you're viewing all of life as this is all what the Lord has put in my path. And there's a reason for it to be here, then this, this is going a little past like just hobbies. But, um, but if you're viewing it all in that way, then there can be value even in the roadblocks or whatever mm-hmm. may come up. Um, so absolutely. Yeah. I think Doug Wilson, he had a, a lecture last year at NSA on distance learning. And he was basically saying like the whole point of learning isn't actually like to gain the knowledge, but it is that, in between point A and point B of having gained the knowledge, what are you learning along that way? You're learning patience, you're learning um, Christian skills of diligence, Mm -hmm. of persevering. That's what is important. And I think um, when you look at it that way, you're not so worried about the end efficient result because you know that's not really the whole point, if that makes sense. Yeah, the process is the point. Yeah, and I think too because I'm the kind of person that's like, especially with books, I love all the books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can become like anxious about, I'm not, I don't have enough time or like really protective over my time mm-hmm. for reading and learning, if that makes sense. Um, I've gotten better about it, but Andrew Kern from the Searcy Institute, he had a whole series on how to continue your education as an adult without going back to school. Basically, it's really good. I highly recommend it. Um, but something he was talking about on there was just the fact that if it is true that God has hidden glories in the universe and in reality, then we have all of eternity to figure these things mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And that <laughs> for my type of personality, it was like so peaceful to hear that Yeah, and to just mm-hmm. go slowly and to plod through the Iliad, maybe for two years, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, just because I know that all of these things are already mine in Christ and I have all of eternity to seek out his glory in these mm-hmm. things. So, and that's not like in a pantheistic type of way, God is not the book, mm-hmm. but um, there are true things about God that are hidden in the universe. Like I keep saying over and over again. I'm going to beat it to death, guys. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. And I am thinking about an illustration that Jared uses sometimes when he's talking about the gospel and just like, um, like talking about it, like if you were to look at a gym and like you keep turning it over and over and you like see new facets of this gym and like new ways that the light shines off of it and like 
that mm. is kind of how it is for um, yep. the life of a Christian. Like yeah. what Christ has done for us affects everything in our world now. So as mm-hmm. we behold Christ and what he's done for us, we behold all the things around us differently um, and see them with value <clears throat> and beauty. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think it was a, like a huge part of the reformation was just kind of reclaiming every single area for Christ mm-hmm. and um, just getting super practical. I mean, it makes me think of the women, I think it's in the book of Exodus talking about the women who had wise hands and were using their hands to yes. um, build various parts of yeah. that stood out to me too. in the Bible reading plan recently, yeah. that was so cool that they um, use their skills to, or, or what it was, it was like God impressed upon them to use their skills. It's mm-hmm. not like God urging them for using their skills to like make the, I don't remember what all they were making, but um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And then the guy, this is a side note, but uh, along around that same section in Exodus, the guy that God gave um, Uh, all the special gifts Mm -hmm. to be able to do all. Like the architect? Yes. I can't remember his name. Something with a B. Belelzalel. Yeah, I don't remember either. I think there were two of them. Yeah, him and, yeah, he did have a helper with him. But yeah, that part always stands out to me too, um, that they had all the skills of woodworking and, he was making all the pomegranates and all the different things. And I really think this has to do with how you view God, because especially today's culture, we are a, we're pushing towards minimalism in all areas. And um, guys go read Annie Dillard's, what is it? Pilgrim at Tinker Creek, where she talks about like, God is wasteful in the way he has created the world. Mm -hmm. And I say that quote unquote wasteful. Right. Um, just go look at your trees. I mean, it's October right now. There's Mm -hmm. leaves all over the ground. Couldn't God have thought of a more resourceful way to use those leaves than to (laughs) let them fall and die, (laughs) but they're beautiful. Like Mm -hmm. God is, yeah, God is extravagant. He is not a minimalist. And that's another reason why, sure, I could go to Target and buy a baby blanket for my new little boy, or (laughs) I could take the really long, hard, fun route and Mm -hmm. buy some natural wool and learn how to crochet and crochet him a baby blanket. So it's just, yeah, I think it really does have to speak to how you view God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, knitting and crocheting are two things that I have not learned how to do in my life thus far. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, I thought you knew for some no. reason. My mom knows how to cr- crochet. Um, and okay. I don't know why, but I have like intentionally not learned how yet just because I feel like okay. it would overwhelm me, but I'm, I feel, I'm feeling oh. ready. I'm feeling more one. Okay. I feel more ready. Um, so she crochets, you said? Yeah. So okay. what the difference between crocheting and knitting is the amount of needles or the I, thread? Yeah. What, what's the difference? Basically, it's the needles. Okay. Yeah. Does it, it look well, pretty much the same though? I was going to say a crochet is a hook. Crocheting is yeah. with a hook. Mm-hmm. Knitting is with needles. I mean, it can't, like, I don't know. I'm not good enough at it to look at something that has been knit or crocheted and mm-hmm. say, oh yeah, that's been knit or, oh yeah, that's been crocheted. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm sure that with time you can pick out the different types of knots and weaves a little bit yeah. better, but that's the main, the main thing. But I will say, um, having been crocheting for a little bit now, it, it made it easier to pick up knitting. So glad that I kind of let off the knitting for a while, trying to figure that out and picked up crochet instead and then went back to knitting. I feel like the tools that I had learned from crochet translated better. So 
What do you, what do you like doing better? Oh, well, I just, I love knit patterns more. Okay. I mean, I, I just think they're prettier and I think it's way more versatile. Mm-hmm. So um, my goal was never to just crochet and that's it. My goal was to crochet in order to get back to learning how to knit. So, okay, yeah. What's your baby blanket feel like? Is it soft, the wool? It, it like? Yeah, it is pretty soft. It's not scratchy. It's not like, okay. um, if I remember correctly, merino wool is from a, the different types of wool are from different parts of the animal, some of them being scratchier, some of them being mm-hmm. softer. Merino being a softer part of the animal. Okay. So, so we have an alpaca farm in Southern Illinois, oh, and cool. there are these two ladies. Um, it's a mom and a daughter that, um, that they like – get the fibers from the alpaca and like Mm -hmm. make things out of them. And I have a hat Mm -hmm. that they made and it's like the softest thing ever. So is it like knit or crocheted or is it felted? It's knit or crocheted. Okay. That's cool. But they do make like little felted soaps, like soap with like the alpaca stuff over it. It's really cool. Oh. Have you ever made soap before? That's another thing. I, I have done some soap making in my day. You mean like bars and stuff? Mm-hmm. Like bars uh, no, stuff. I haven't. I think the boys would, would absolutely love to do that, though. They would. Um, it's, it's, I mean, there's, well, there, there's different ways of making soap. You can just like melt down glycerin. That's just like an mm-hmm. easy way. Or you can like mm-hmm. actually do like the cold process with lye and like, you know, lard and whatever you want to scent it with and stuff. That's fun. But the lye is a little bit, it's like a caustic solution, so it can burn you really bad. So you got to be careful. That's what I thought. Yeah. I, um, we, we've it's, done candles before, but ooh. I imagine it's somewhat similar. Maybe not. Maybe yeah. I'm ignorant, but <laughs> Jared got on a big kick one year that he wanted to like get real into, there's a name for candle making like Chandlery or something like that. <laughs> he, like, get real into it. And, um, that actually may be a fun thing to make for people for Christmas. Hmm, let me look into that. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about one of my, one of my little guys is way more artsy than the mm-hmm. other one. They're both very crafty, but one of them like lives his life at his art table sort of a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking about getting him a candle making kit for Christmas. We'll see. Fun. Hmm. I love that. Um, and then of course on my list is we want to brew beer again this year. That's a kind of like a different, uh, thing, yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> I think I've shared my love of beer on here already. So maybe yeah. I should stop that. <laughs> we have all the stuff. So you guys need to come and visit us and we'll brew beer. I have, packets of wine yeast in my wallet at all times oh my gosh <laughs> so that's kind of weird I opened my wallet up recently and someone was like you have wine yeast in your wallet why do you have wine yeast? I have just you keep ever done that in there. um well no so I've always done like fruit liqueurs instead and I'm trying to think of what happened I I this was another area that I didn't learn very well <laughs> um I misunderstood how to do the process Mm-hmm. and thought I had all the fruit required to make it a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think this was last year when we were living at my parents. But anyways, you ended up needing way, 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 way more fruit than what I thought. Really? So I still have the wine yeast, but I just decided to probably make cobblers with that instead of wine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, it's just sitting there inspiring you for one day. Yeah. But my brother-in-law, he has made a couple of wines um, – I think this year he did raspberry, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, he said he saved me a bottle for my birthday. So, oh, nice. Um, but I remember him saying that you have to start with really nice, high-quality fruit in yeah. order to get a good and not a funky alcohol. Yeah. So I would assume. I would assume. So. Yeah. 
Um, I was thinking about something else I was going to say that I wanted to learn how to do. I mean, I fermented all sorts of other things. Oh, that's what I was going to talk about. That's what I was going to talk about. I was going to talk about my big failure with kombucha, and I still want to learn how to do that. I think I had a bad um, scoby. Uh, yeah. Was it store-bought, or did someone give it to you? Someone gave it to me, but they had been keeping it in their refrigerator for years, and I don't think you're supposed to do that anyway. I think you're supposed to have like a mm. hotel. Mm-hmm. and not in the fridge so I think it was just like a not a live one because <laughs> I ended up just well having, like, if Brian comes out there in March yes. then I'll have to send you one. <laughs> I'll send you one from my hotel he says I need to start charging them rent <laughs> yeah that's so funny yeah well supposedly there's like some SCOBY dealer um in the town over that I can like get in contact with but it just hasn't happened yet I, I don't know anyone around here that makes, I even put it on Instagram. Does anybody have one? Um, huh. No one does, but I have a book ready. I have a kombucha book that I bought. Did you recommend that or someone else? Recommend I think it? so. Was it the one with the bottles on the front? Yes. And that's a really yep. good book. It was super helpful. Yeah, I love and I it. think there actually is a way to like start a SCOBY, mm-hmm. um, but it just felt scary and overwhelming. And I didn't, yeah. I didn't try Yeah. It. Because I thought, another well, I'm one. eventually going to come in contact with someone that has one that they can get. Yeah. I just would say anyone out there, avoid a store-bought one. Yeah. <laughs> like, avoid the I, dehydrated ones. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I've, I've heard that the dehydrated ones are, like, not legit. You can make all sorts of weird stuff, though. Uh, Brian was telling me about, like, something he saw where people were turning their – I say Scooby. I know everyone says Scooby. I say Scooby. They were turning their Scooby in, into, like, clothing. They were sewing them together. <laughs> That's really weird. <laughs> it is really weird. There you go. That's what so. you can do with them. <laughs> yeah, there's a handicraft. <laughs> oh, gross. So oh, gross. <laughs> well, I think that's all I have to say on crafts. You got anything else to say? Um, not right now. I'm sure I'll think of something else. I'm sure we'll revisit this topic again. Yeah. Yep. This is one of our favorite things doing little crafts so yeah anyway if you have any cool crafts you think we should try out you should message us (laughs) (laughs) yeah and thanks for listening everyone hope you all are fruitful this week with your handicrafts Mm. and your keep motivated oh yeah you know what real quick sorry to interrupt here maybe we should have people like post what they're working on and oh that'd be fun and hashtag uh, fruitful and fearless and then handicrafts another hashtag and work with your hands another hashtag yeah and those are the ones i like to use so yeah yeah tag us show us what you're working on guys and we'll put it in our stories and compile it that's fun yeah good idea all right thanks for listening have a great day bye thank you so much for listening to the fruitful and fearless podcast this show is a part of the ministry of the shepherd's crook the shepherd's crook exists to remind pastors of jesus through care coaching resources and events we have also started the shepherd's crook for wives Jordan and Lexi are contributing articles to the site, and you can find all the information at theshepherdscrook.co.